All season long on WTMJ, it's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Well, that one stung. Brewers fall 12-5. In the words of uh, Ron Burgundy, that escalated quickly. A nine-run top of the eighth inning, blowing up on the face of the Brewers' bullpen. I'm Dom Catronio. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about some strategy in this one. And uh, the big thing to remember, I think, from this one, Twitter was ablaze for a while during that eighth inning, a tough frame again for Matt Bush. The loss is just one. There were some, you know, moments during the road trip that, man, the bullpen just got by by the skin of its teeth, and today all of those moments caught up to them. Matt Bush, another couple of home runs allowed against him. Then Javi Guerra couldn't mop up things there. And we'll talk about some roster stuff, too, in – relation to those guys, we saw Elvis Piguero finally pitch for the Brewers today. Adrian Hauser made a rehab start today. So there is roster movement on the horizon. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Craig Kishan will join us a little bit later on in the show as well. Let's get to some of your tweets and texts as well. If you want to join in on the show, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We'll be with you till 5.30 or so, a little less than an hour-long show here this Sunday afternoon in a 12-5 loss. Not much to talk about in which the Brewers only had six hits. The brightest spot, though, I mean, Brian Anderson continues to be the most unsung, best signing acquisition of the year, maybe in the National League. Two homers today, both of them to the opposite field, which I think was really good stuff. We'll break that down a little bit later on. In the program as well. A couple of texts too. We'll talk about Corbin Burns. A tough one today. This one coming from Josh here in the 414. If Burns was able to calibrate his command earlier, I feel that the Brewers could have won the game. Do you have concerns about Bush getting right again? I will expand on my thoughts with, with Matt Bush a little bit later in the program. But for Matt, I mean, it's it's troubling. It's very troubling to see a guy allow this many homers in a short tenure as a Milwaukee Brewer, right? I mean, this was... His Achilles heel last season when he came over in the trade. In a total now of 31-ish innings or so, if you include the work today, he has now allowed 10 homers. And it's just out of nowhere, really, because he didn't allow a ton of homers before the trade with the Rangers. He had allowed five homers in his previous 36 innings when he had come over. Then he gave up six in 23 innings with the Brewers last season. His fastball is straight. The curveball is good. But when the fastball is dead straight, middle, middle, this is the big leagues. And guys are going to punish him. He knows that. You know that. And it is, you know, troubling to see the home run ball continue to tag him, right? It's not like sustained offense, you know, base it, base it, base it, and then a walk or things like that. It's just straight up the home run ball has been tagging him in the uh, in the rear. So that's that's the real take with Matt Bush is that, I don't have an answer for the reason why the fastball hasn't developed in a different way than maybe they expected. I mean, it is a dead straight fastball. And right now, with the way the bullpen is working, with guys on the way back, it's going to be tough decisions looming here for the Brewers once again. Another text here from Doug. This was bound to happen to the bullpen, but not this bad. Wow, how much longer do we have to watch stuff like this? Reminding me of Taylor Rogers last year needs to change. For Bush... 
he had thrown good innings. I mean, I look back to that great game he had against Seattle where he just kept it between the lines, did not allow a home run in that one. He also had a good outing in San Diego, uh, but did allow runs as well earlier in the trip. So And allowed runs here on Easter and was a little shaky there. So it has not been a good month of April for Matt Bush. I think the leash isn't going to be very long with Matt, but there is still room on that leash. Just because there isn't much else in that bullpen right now. There aren't proven commodities on their way up right now. I think Abner Uribe is a name that I saw pop up on my Twitter a few times. We talked about him during spring training of a guy that will pitch in the big leagues at some point this year. Remember, he was protected on the 40-man roster, uh, protected from the Rule 5 draft. He's only in double-A right now. He's 23 years old. He is on the 40-man to reiterate. He's made five scoreless appearances, hasn't allowed a hit. He has nine strikeouts, but... He has four walks. Need to see the control get in control for Abner Uribe if he be a candidate to come up. But I really liked what we saw from Elvis Piguero today. Uh, he's an optionable reliever. He was acquired in the Hunter Renfro trade, one of the three arms that came over. I'm intrigued to see if he's going to get more opportunities here moving forward. And remember, Gus Varland is on the way back. He's back to on-field activities as of this week after his hand contusion from the comebacker uh, in San Diego. So he's looming to come back. Adrian Hauser's looming to come back. So there are decisions coming for this bullpen. Uh, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to text in, if you want to call in, if you want to tweet in at dumb underscore C-O-T R-O-N-E-O. I want to tell you that today's show and all shows this season is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Take our first breather. Craig Kishan's going to join us a little bit later here on the program. This is Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Brewers fall today by a 12-5 final. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We're with you till the bottom of the hour here this afternoon. Tigers will be coming to town tomorrow, but the Brewers have a sour taste in their mouth after this blowout loss. One of the worst uh, of the year, and it's a frustrating one, but hey, it's just one as we welcome in Craig Kishon here to the program. I I remind folks it is just worth one loss, but it's just one of those that really stings because you felt like you were the better team all weekend and would have made a statement against a team that, you know, it's the Red Sox, the whole market thing and the fan base stuff, but this one just stings and just kind of stinks, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it does for sure. Uh, there just hasn't been an occasion yet this year, Dom, where the Brewers have lost after leading, you know, after seven innings. They haven't lost after scoring four runs or more. All those little things. But, you know, this is why you play 162 games. You just never know how games are going to pan out. And um, in this situation here, you, you not only lose the game late, but, uh, you know, a couple of your relief pitchers really get thumped hard. And that's the thing you don't want to see. You don't want to see, you know, 12 guys scoring and in, in, not scoring, but up to bat in one inning and the big bat around that they had uh, the Red Sox. So, you know, th- this does bite because here's the bottom line, in my opinion. It was a really good, uh, steady rally by the Brewers after falling behind 3 nothing early in the game. And 
And I kind of appreciated the way they went at it by playing a little bit of small ball along the way to, to try to draw their runs in. And looking at the way that this game played out, I mean, this was a chess match, like you're talking about with the small ball, right? And two sack bunts for Blake Perkins, lots of sack flies, a lot of situational hitting and situational pitching in this one. But then it just kind of went off the rails in the eighth inning. I mean, it's such an outlier inning, a nine-run inning with three homers in it. it. You don't see that, let alone once a year, maybe even every three years, to have a nine-run inning, especially in a close contest with high-leverage relievers coming into the contest. I personally chalk this one up to a weird one, but still take the data from Matt Bush's tough outing and kind of stow it away saying, man, just really want to see him string together a few solid outings before they give him the eighth inning again. Right, and I think the other thing, too, is um, somebody's got to pitch these late innings, and it can't always be the same guys. Um, and, you know, today's game was started by Corbin Burns, and, and he had obviously, a, you know, kind of a mixed results out of the gates. Uh, but certainly, if anybody can gut out a performance where maybe he's not on, on top of his own game uh, and give you five really strong innings, keep you in the game the way he did. Um, you never felt, obviously, like you were out of it. That's for sure if you're sitting on the Brewers side with him on the mound. Um, and there, there are a lot of guys, Domino, we talked about it on the broadcast. There are, there are a number of pitchers in that bullpen that just haven't gotten a lot of work lately. And sometimes when you haven't pitched for a week or even longer for that matter, you're going to get mixed results. And I think we just saw that collectively uh, in that eighth inning for, for the Red Sox. I, I agree entirely. That's a good point you make there. Craig Kashan joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. Look, Matt Bush is going to take up a lot of the oxygen today. I do want to take a breather off of him. You mentioned Corbin Burns. And one of the ways that this team is constructed, and Craig Council has said as much as even back to spring training, they are going to rely on the horses like Corbin and Brandon Woodruff before he was injured to maybe go a little bit longer than they had in previous years because of the doubt in the bullpen right now. And I'd say doubt meaning not exactly knowing what you have down there. You know, the last two years you've had set 7th, 8th, ninth inning guys. This year you have one set ninth inning guy and maybe two candidates for the 8th with Strezlecki and Bush. And maybe Bush has taken himself out of that consideration now. Maybe it's more of a Hobie Milner, but he's your situational lefty. But on days where, yes, he only allowed three runs, two of them earned by Corbin Burns. But on a day that he can only go five innings after using a lot of the bullpen the previous two days, it's kind of the domino effect that comes with not getting length elsewhere. And then the day that you least expect to not have length in a day that Corbin Burns is starting, it kind of compounds that error and it hurts a team with a thin bullpen like the Brewers even more. Does that make sense when I'm trying to get out there? Well, no, I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. And, and I think the end result of this is they've had a really good start to the first month of the baseball season and the Brewers have won in a lot of different ways. And they've had not just silver linings, they've had really good um, uh, outcomes from what the bullpen has been able to produce. They've had really good outcomes from the starting rotation, starting back in spring training all the way to Brandon Woodruff on the latest road trip, uh, taking hits for injuries and how to cover them. So you're 100% correct on that. Guys got to go, you know, 
a little bit deeper if they can. The effort's got to be there a little bit stronger. It's never too late when you're playing for real, and, and that's what they're doing here right now. But, but I also think another thing to keep track of is as well as the bullpen has been doing in the first month, and, and I will say I think they've been a pleasant surprise because I think there were still some question marks for certain innings, certain roles, and the guys have met them. But it's it has to be sustainable, and there's going to be some setbacks like we saw today from certain individuals, and there's probably going to be more for that matter uh, before this thing is all over. We're still going to see some different names coming and going uh, out of that bullpen as well. So um, what you said is 100% true, and, you know, the Brewers have done really well uh, up until this weekend. This was only their second series loss, and got to give them a lot of credit for weathering a few storms. There were. There, you're absolutely right. Only the second loss. When you give the perspective of that, there is still a lot to like about the, what the Brewers have done as a collective. And today was a day that, you know, it all came crashing down. And today was actually the first loss, the first decision that was a loss handed to the bullpen. The bullpen as a unit had a zero still in the loss column and seven saves still in this point in the year. And they're a team that does not rely on the strikeout. We know that. We've talked about that multiple times and the days that you especially don't get weak contact are the days that you see like today where you can't get anybody out there's you're missing middle middle and then you get a nine spot in the eighth inning not saying that's going to be commonplace we'll get to a few more of your texts uh, a few more tweets rolling in here as well 855-616-1620 again 855-616-1620 old national bank talk and text line you can tweet me at dom underscore catronio Want to take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, Hupe and Abraham. For every double play the Brewers turn this season, Hupe and Abraham will donate $100 to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. And remember, if you are injured or in an accident, call Hupe and Abraham. Winner, it's free, guaranteed. The winning team, Hupe and Abraham. That's H-U-P-Y.com. They turned a key double play in this one. We're going to talk about the difference-making moment of the game. A little bit more reaction from this 12-5 loss this afternoon. Now, more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. 12-5 loss today. Brewers lose the series 2 out of 3 to the Boston Red Sox. The homestand continues, though, tomorrow with the Detroit Tigers coming to town and Miguel Cabrera in his farewell season for Detroit. Game 1 tomorrow will be at 6 40, but we will be over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee for that one. Hope you can join us tomorrow night. We're still with Craig Kishon here on the show. I just want to, you know, get a couple more notes in about Matt Bush because a couple of questions have come in about him, and then we'll move on to some more of the positive stuff and the difference-making moment of the game. Question Ray in Illinois asking, with Matt Bush's issues right now, could we see Devin Williams being asked to pitch multi-inning save opportunities? That's a fair question. And that, that's also something that popped up in my Twitter as well. Uh, mentions asking, "What about like Josh Hader used to do?" I don't, I don't think they want to use that card too early. And in this case, I, they would not have asked Devin Williams for a six-out save if it was like a one-run game, maybe runners on first and second and two outs. I think tonight would have been a prime example of Devin Williams maybe to being asked to do a four-out save. I don't think. Devin has said no to a four-out save, and I know Craig Council's shy about using it, but at the same time, I think today would have been an opportunity to do it if the situation called for it, which it ended up not. 
Yeah, I think it's a really, really good question and a really good point. Um, and, you know, when you think about it, Tom, it, it's very doable. Um, I, I agree with you. Definitely not for six outs. Um, if, if this game stayed close, uh, maybe maybe it's tied and they needed that final out in the eighth inning and things, you know, don't go uh, completely in the wrong direction like we saw. He, he might be able to come in and finish that out. Um, and, and I would not doubt if we see that, you know, down the road here this season for sure. Um, I don't know about two full innings, not at this point in the year, maybe in September when when things are tight in the uh, playoff chase. Yeah, things things could get a little tighter. You're right. It's still very, very early. The Brewers are still 15 and 7. I mean, it's still you want to make sure the guys last and furthermore, not only they last to the end of the season, but last hopefully into October for the Brewers as well. Let's talk about some positive stuff before we let you go and also the difference-making moment a little bit later. Uh, I mentioned it a moment ago about how great Elvis Piguero looked from the bullpen. And really, Hobie Milner, once again, Hobie Milner's name was circled on the Red Sox lineup card coming into this series. Hey, he's their only lefty. Our lineup is full of lefties. You are going to see this guy. And yes, he had the tough outing on Friday night, but for him to bounce back the way he did today and yesterday, serious stones from Hobie once again reminding everybody why he's maybe the unsung hero of this bullpen the last couple of seasons. I've really enjoyed watching uh, his progress, Don, because I, I remember when he came up, um, I can't remember if it was late in, in the season three years ago or two years ago. Uh, he, I mean, it was he had a, a rough uh, debut uh, coming up here, his first few outings. But you can tell there there was a lot uh, behind that arm, and and also you have to appreciate the fact that he's a lefty coming in here and, and how he fits into the organization. And and I thought he pitched you know really well last year and made some significant progress until you get to the point where you're like, all right, he's going to be relied upon here. Um, he and it turns out he's going to be the only uh, lefty coming out of that bullpen at least for now. Um, so I I've enjoyed watching his progress. Um, He's matured. Um, he's coming in in big situations, obviously, now, and um, and he's delivering, and, and that's great to see. And to be able to bounce back, like you mentioned, he's pitched three days or three games in a row now for the Brewers, so I would imagine he's not going to be available uh, in Monday's game. Um, and then and then for uh, Pagaro, this is the first time I've had the – I've had the opportunity to set my own eyes on him here, and obviously he's making his Brewer debut uh, here. I know you guys saw him a lot during spring training, but uh, seems like a, a, another lively arm, and, and he did really well. He, he pitched, what, an inning and a third here in this one, and uh, I think he delivered exactly what Craig Council wanted uh, in that uh, particular situation and what the score was in the game for sure. So uh, that that's a, a really nice new addition here. And, and here's another guy. He hadn't pitched in 11 days. If you go mm-hmm. back to the uh, back to his uh, Nashville AAA uh, outings and stuff too. So kudos to him. That that was a really nice performance today. Very nice stuff from Elvis Piguero. Again, acquired in the Hunter Renfro trade this past off season. Another positive offensively. I mean, Brian Anderson is the obvious one to pick with two opposite field home runs today. I had a conversation with him during spring training about the fact that his shoulder is finally healthy right now. And you look at his great rookie year, you look at his spray chart that year, and he was mashing all over the field, specifically to the opposite field. 
Now we've already seen it pop up early in the year here. He has oppo pop, and to have two solo shots the other way, what a pickup for Matt Arnold and company to find him after he was non-tendered by the Marlins and trust that he was going to be a great fit, not only offensively, but what he's been doing defensively as well between right field and third base. Well, uh, Tim Dillard and I were uh, talking during the game, actually after, after uh, Brian hit his second home run, and we find the comfort level for us as we cover the team uh, and, and trying to root for this team to, to win, obviously. Our comfort level is to have him at third base all the time uh, and, and to do everything he's been doing offensively. Now, of course, we're not managing, and we know there's a need to have him in that outfield. But we brought up uh, a topic that you're going to have to do some research on, Dom, unless you know all this off the top of your head. But what, what are, what are uh, Brian Anderson's numbers as a third baseman for the Brewers versus an outfielder, the offensive side? And is he producing at an equal level? Because uh, we really like him over at third and would want him there every day if we had our choice. Uh, but just a hypothetical, um, it, I think the bottom line is how much you appreciate uh, the addition to this team that, uh, and everything that he has brought here. It's been a great pickup. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that I look at, this is a mature veteran player that knows all the ins and outs, feels comfortable in every situation, is leading the way for the young guys. And there's a certain comfort level when he not only steps up to the plate and gets the Brewers' first run here today uh, after they were down, but also all, all of his play over at third base is uh, a joy to watch as well. It is, and it's great to watch. And the numbers uh, reflect what you were saying. His numbers are better offensively as a third baseman. Obviously, today he was at uh, third base again, so furthering uh, those numbers, all five of his homers have come as a third baseman. But uh, let's let those uh, sample sizes kind of level out here and see what happens when Luis Urias returns, where Brian Anderson fits in the picture. Will he only be playing right? Will Tyrone Taylor be playing right? It, It remains to be seen what will happen there. All right. Real quickly here, let's get to the difference-making moment of the game. Brought to you by NX Wealth Management. NX Wealth Management is difference. Uh, is different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need, but for elite comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. I'm going to go first today, Craig, just because I know I have one that you don't have. My difference-making <laughs> moment was actually in the second inning when the – Red Sox ran themselves into an out on the sack fly from Devers in the second. They could have kept that inning going with runners on first and second and only uh, two outs. And with Justin Turner coming up after having a great A.B. against Burns the first time up, the fact that the runner on second, Connor Wong, ran himself into an out trying to get third on that great throw hitting the cutoff man, I thought that opened the door for the Brewers to you know take advantage of that big base running blunder. Obviously, they held the lead briefly in this game, but... I thought that was going to be the moment that ended up being the difference of it, which ultimately was obviously the eighth. Yep, I used the uh, the red ink to circle uh, certain plays, and certainly that was uh, circled on my scorecard. You're absolutely right. You you have to look at situations where um, you know mine's on the offensive side, but you have to you look at cert- certain uh, situations too. How does that helping Corbin Burns? Uh, who got off to maybe a little bit of a slow start in this one, certainly helped him out early in the game. And any time that you can uh, kill a team's momentum, and sometimes they kill it themselves, you have to take advantage of that. So 
I, I do like your pick there. I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go to the – I'm more obvious than you, Dom. You know that. Uh, so I'm going I'm going small ball here and what Blake Perkins was able to accomplish, not only once but twice, uh, and just appreciate him giving up his, his two at-bats for two sacrifice bunts uh, that ended up being two big innings for the Brewers to score, and that was in the fifth and in the seventh inning. And that fifth inning uh, sacrifice bunt turned out to be the first sack bunt the Brewers had this season they were one of seven teams that didn't have one yet and um those are the it was a perfect situation to get the job done and uh it, it worked out really well so I'll, i'm gonna go with blake perkins i love it fantastic stuff from craig Gashan. uh we'll have jeff cirillo back with us on the program during the Tigers series so we'll holler at you the next time we hear from you my friend thanks for your time as always you got it Tom. All right, we'll have more to come. Who's hot, who's cold, Craig Council's comments, and a couple of highlights from a 12-5 loss to the Red Sox. More to come after this. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Coming along here on the program, we're with you to the bottom of the hour, so a little bit left here. It's time for Who's Hot and Who's Cold, brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for all home and business comfort needs, including an emergency service line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. That's Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. I'm not going to pick the pick that you think I'm going to pick as far as who's cold right now. I'm not going to say Matt Bush. I'm not going to say the bullpen. I am going to start putting my finger and watching Corbin Burns' cutter a little bit closely, being specific about Corbin's cutter. He did not have it again today as far as command, strike zone usage, and uh, around the zone with it. I mean, some of his misses were really big misses with the uh, cutter today. He threw a total of 45 cutters. 29 of them were strikes. It got better as of late, 64% strike rate, which is a little bit lower than normal for him, but he was not getting a lot of chase on that pitch. He only got three chases on the cutter all day out of 45 thrown, and he's a guy that relies on the chase of all of his pitches, so something to monitor here in the rest of his next couple starts. Now the Brewers are just 2-3 and three in games started by Corbin Burns, which is kind of wild to think given their 15-7. and seven. Who's hot is Brian Anderson. I mean, he continues to hit the ball hard everywhere he goes. He's now hitting 280. He's got five homers on the season after his fifth career multi-homer contest this afternoon. So that's Who's Hot and Who's Cold, brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. We'll hear from Craig Council coming up after the break. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Now more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. here on Brewers Extra Innings. Mentioned it earlier, but Craig Council talked about the fact that, and he'll mention this here in the audio you're about to hear, the fact that he had to rely on some of the same pitchers during the road trip, wanted to give them a day, and that's why Peter Strzelecki was not available today. I had somebody tweet into me, well, they had an off day on Thursday. You're right, but he also pitched last night. And I know Hobie Milner is pitching three consecutive days. They throw in very different styles. And Pete was asked to throw, was trying to get an inning plus done yesterday. And then he was eventually lifted for Hobie. But I think that was part of the reason why we did not see Peter Strzelecki today. Well, once again, a reminder, look at the calendar. It's April 23rd. Here is the manager, Craig Council. 
Well, I think Matt's going to have to get outs for us for sure. Um, you know, we, we've got to we got to have an eight man bullpen, and that's what we're going to count on. Um, he got huge outs in the Seattle series for us. Um, had a bad day today. The homers are something that's gone back to last year with him, though, since you guys acquired him. Um, location obviously is a common theme, but are you seeing anything else? You know, any common thread? Yeah, I mean, well, to? I mean, it's yeah, I mean, it's. I would say no. I mean, I'm not. I obviously haven't pinpointed. If we had, I think we'd try to try to do a better job correcting it. But um, you know, he's just leaving some pitches over the middle, and they're getting good swings on him. Craig Garrett, too. There's, the stuff is so electric, and you saw it in spring training. Um, and now it's it's command, right? Um, yeah. I mean, we, you know, yeah, we got it's command. There's been there's been several walks for sure, and that's you know just increasing your chances for trouble um you know like i said we need to we need you know how we need to do a better job um and we'll, we'll try to get him there he had a pitch to make either has it been hard to find him in a regular spot yeah i mean look we've you know we've relied on six guys for the last essentially week um and so, yeah, those guys have, it's been close games. It's just the nature of it. We've had we've got some guys tired, for sure. Um, trying to stay away from some guys and, and give them a break, especially this early in the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Javi has not been out there since, it's been eight days since he's been out there. Um, but that's, sometimes that happens. That's the life of a reliever sometimes. Um, you know, Elvis, Elvis has, hadn't been out there in, I think, 10 days and came in and did it. Did a really nice job. So that's um, sometimes that happens. What did you think of Elvis getting your first? I thought it was. I thought he was very effective for sure. I think um, came in and threw strikes, um, and um, you know got us got us four big outs. Do you kind of see him, Craig, as a guy you use multiple innings, or is that sort of to be determined on? Yeah, I mean he's definitely he candidate for it. Took Corbin a little while to get going today, and it looked like he settled in in the, in the final couple innings. What did you think about his? Yeah, I mean, I thought you know really he just lost it a little in the second inning. I thought the first inning was was pretty good too. Um, they got the, the kind of swing and bunt to lead off the inning, and, and we made an error to, to kind of give him a run. But um, yeah, like you said, third, fourth, and fifth, very good. Um, so you know, overall, I thought he got back got back in a groove there. Got in the groove, got things rolling, and also kudos to Craig Council for not, you know, this is the example of why players love to play for him. Not saying the guy's name by name, Peter Shlazeki being down today, saying a little tired, never saying his name, not throwing his guy under the bus. That's a master class right there. We'll play a couple highlights and get ready to wrap up the show to the bottom of the hour here, Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Saying goodnight from this one, but with a few highlights before we do so. Yes, it was a 12-5 defeat, but let's remember the good times, right? Trailing 3 to nothing, Brian Anderson helping the cause. Pitch to Anderson. It's a drive out to right. Racing back is Verdugo at the track. It is gone. Anderson got a slider away, and he went that way with it into the Red Sox bullpen. For his fourth home run of the season, and the Brewers are on the board. It's a 3-1 game. He would add one later in the bottom of the eighth, his fifth career multi-homer game. 
Another big RBI opportunity for Christian Yelich. He was on base twice today. Now the pitch. Yelich a smash to right, a base hit. Solid base hit by Christian that time. RBI number 10 for him. Joey Weimer is in. And maybe the biggest moment before the fateful top of the eighth inning, Hobie Milner on facing Rafi Devers for the second straight game. Thought he had him struck out two pitches prior, but on a full count pitch with the go-ahead run on base, Hobie got the job done. 3-2 pitch. Ground ball to second base. Terang fields, throws to short for one. The relay from Adonis to first is in time. The Brewers turn a 4-6-3 double play. Milner gets the ground ball he was looking for. And then the eighth inning happened, and I don't know what you're talking about. That's <laughs> 12-5 was the final today. A nine-run top of the eighth inning with three homers for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, another reminder, tomorrow we are on WKTI ESPN 94.5 Milwaukee. Again, ESPN Milwaukee tomorrow, back on WTMJ Tuesday. The Bucks will be here tomorrow as the Brewers are getting ready to welcome in the Detroit Tigers. For Evan Wittalis and my producer, and for Craig Deshaun, my co-host, I'm Dom Catronio. Good night, and keep on swinging.